will be released. Six seconds of power play time remaining. Henson was thrown out of the uh, face-off circle because Desch went over to shout instructions to Kalorn. Thank you for listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. If you'd like to contact the sports department, please email us at sports at WCBN.org or call the station at 734-763-3500. Pass comes forward. Here's Hensick. Now to Kaloric. He's behind the defense. He's in. Shot and score. Chad Kaloric out of the penalty box gives the Wolverines a 4 nothing lead. The usual transition between the sports show and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And an interesting week in Ann Arbor, folks. Uh, Ann Arbor Film Festival starts tomorrow. Usually it's the third week. It usually corresponds to the first uh, uh, round of the NCAA tournament, which proves to be advantageous for me because I can bop over to one of your local establishments and catch a little bit of basketball in between movies. But uh, it looks like there's a lot of interesting stuff this year. I noticed even on Friday night, by the way, there's at 5.30, there's a little conspiracy theory session. <laughs> uh, there's also something interesting uh, I want to point out. Uh, Wednesday at 7.30 in the screening room, I've got the program here in front of me, and it's these are films in competition, and it's a series of films that they've called Aftermath of the Clash. Uh, a program, an evocative program, presents a side of war and conflict rarely visited by broadcast news coverage. And it looks like there's some interesting use of uh, U.S. military footage as sort of a stock footage mm-hmm. and something that's been assembled out of uh, excerpts from Tarkovsky's Solaris. So this looks like an interesting group of films if you're trying to select. Yeah, and I n- noticed also on Saturday there's an environmental-oriented uh, show uh, that undoubtedly focuses a little bit on global warming, uh, sustainable development, and alas, is the subject that I don't think the uh, media has been giving sufficient attention to in this presidential campaign in which, uh, oh, way too much is spent on personalities, uh, baloney about the Reverend Wright, uh, as if there are not uh, Baptist ministers out there spewing hate nonsense and baloney from uh, the cloisters of their uh, churches all around the country. Just tune in your AM radio dial and scan (laughs) that baby around and you will hear amazingly outrageous hate speech routinely. Yeah, and, you know, Reverend Wright uh, is who he is, but I, you know, this, this idea that Obama has to somehow explain away his relationship with this man. Um, why isn't, doesn't John McCain have to explain away his uh, re- relationship with Reverend Hagee, for instance? Uh, it's uh, remarkable stuff, but proves once again that the media does have uh, double standards when it comes to covering uh, relevant issues of the day. All kinds of brain damage awards to give out. Of course, last week was the uh, fifth anniversary of the uh, biggest blunder in American history. Dick Cheney's response 
to a question regarding uh, the fact that two-thirds of the American people think that it was a mistake. So? <laughs> Remarkable. He gets a brain damage award. Uh, George Bush, two weeks ago, was waxing nostalgic about characterizing uh, serving in Afghanistan as romantic. That was a word he actually used. Uh, and then, of course, last week, he's... Uh, what can you say? It's just the usual denial about w what this thing is costing. Um, obviously, over the weekend, you get this uh, benchmark <laughs> of 4,000. It's amazing, by the way, how 4,000 sounds bigger than 3988, which is what the death toll was pretty much last week. I, you know, that's connected to uh, the infamous pricing of uh, merchandise here in America. Dollar ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. Out the door. <laughs> Sounds a little well, out the door. It's actually a uh, pricing scenario that we're facing. In fact, the Congressional Budget Office has projected that the US government stands to spend by twenty seventeen, so we're budgeting that far ahead for this, uh, that the war will cost one thousand three hundred billion to two thousand billion. Out the door, down the drain. Those are British numbers, by the way, right? So that's yes. trillion. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. One one point. Thank you. Yeah, uh, these are from the Financial Times. Exactly. Um, but it's out the door. Out the door. And uh, here's a, a master of out the door financial uh, chicanery with regards to uh, war crimes. Brain Damage Award for Henry Kissinger, who, uh, in his capacity as retired former head statesman, uh, uttered these words recently on the glorious fifth anniversary of the Iraq debacle. Quote, a rapid withdrawal would be a demonstration in the region of the impotence of Western power. Mm -hmm. Henry Kissinger, ever uh, obsessed with the sexuality of international conflict, um, that's, of course, a position which can be stated and argued, but you could also uh, respond that to continue to stay with the sorts of results that we have accumulated would demonstrate the futility of Western power, the amount of mm -hmm. weaponry, the expenditure of man hours, human lives, and just raw equipment, um, and having accomplished little to nothing, um... Perhaps not impotent, but uh, policy-wise, shooting blanks. Well, and, and as one uh, commentator noted tonight, 97% of the American casualties have uh, occurred after George Bush's infamous May 1st, 2003 celebration out in the safe harbors of San Diego, mission accomplished, um, where he announced to the world that Major combat operations are over, and America and its allies have prevailed. Oh, okay. Whatever, dude. Uh, hopefully he'll tune in, by the way, to Frontline uh, over the next two nights. They, once again, are going to have an outstanding, uh, guaranteed to be outstanding, because I've seen most of these documentaries they've done over the uh, past several years about um, how um, just... 
incompetent and how incoherent the American war thinking and strategy has been from the get-go. The costs, of course, are staggering. We're talking here about millions of Iraqi lives have been affected, millions of refugees, um, hundreds of thousands of dead Iraqis. And, of course, the American media is more interested on the American side of the equation. But just last week's Metro Times has some interesting numbers about the statistics. Uh, we'll read a couple of their uh, observations by Curtis Gayette, or Kurt Gayette, uh, excuse me. Blood and greenbacks points, and of course, it's interesting, the death total as of last week was 3988. It's now up to 4,000. Sounds a lot bigger. Uh, the number of men and women wounded in combat is 29,120. Another 8,273 were wounded outside of combat, and some 23,000 uh, contracted some sort of disease or illness serious enough to require medical air transport. Add that up, and you're talking about more than 50,000, nearly 60,000 wounded. Um, the Iraq body count puts the Iraq civilian death toll between 82,000 and 89,000. The Lancet puts this number at 645,000. And Guyette notes that Michigan's share of the war costs so far is calculated to be about $14 billion. Detroit's estimate is almost a billion alone, and that could have funded 80 new elementary schools or paid for 8,000 cops. Um, so this is what we're talking about when we criticize the war, George Bush and Dick Cheney and Condoleezza Rice, who's once again engaged in a total um, example of her continuing incompetence as a public official, this passport scandal, you know, her explanations are, are, are not credible, <laughs> to say the least. And then, of course, as we've <clears throat> noted... Uh, in, in regard to the Elliot Spitzer uh, business, it's now been revealed that a GOP consultant said his lawyers told the FBI in 2007 of alleged Spitzer trysts, hence the origin of this scandal. And just uh, a parenthetically, by the way, the Kwame Kirkpatrick story is not a sex scandal. It is the misuse of funds, Detroit City funds, to cover up shenanigans that include a sex scandal and perjury. So do not be confused while listening to the spin from Kwame Kirkpatrick. Uh, Jack Lessenberry, by the way, I respect his opinions immensely, both on Michigan radio and uh, as a regular columnist in the Metro Times, and he has called for Kwame Kirkpatrick to resign. So uh, I think he really should and uh, he should forget about trying to spin this as a lynching, which is what he did a couple of weeks ago. So he deserves a brain damage award. The Clarence Thomas defense. Yes. And, of course, is an ugly example of how uh, allegations of racism are thrown around uh, when they don't really apply. 
Well, a uh, couple of uh, quick additional brain damage awards here uh, for Bush. It would be nice uh, if uh, Kilpatrick would take that advice and resign. It would certainly be good for the city of Detroit at this point. And uh, wouldn't it be nice if uh, W took a little advice to resign? But uh, here we have a quote from uh, the president, uh, March 20th. Uh, Quote, the violence that is on the fifth anniversary, of course, uh, the violence that is now declining in Iraq would accelerate and Iraq would descend into chaos. Al Qaeda would regain its lost sanctuaries and establish new ones, fomenting violence and terror that could spread beyond Iraq's borders with serious consequences for the world economy. Well, just ask yourself, have any of these things happened because of the war? Is the... Are the countries around Iraq's borders uh, destabilized seriously? Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, have there been devastating consequences for the world economy? It's already happened, dude. Um, and here from the same day, this in a great uh, quote here, um, during a White House press conference last month, oh, this is a little older but very salient, George W. Bush was startled when a reporter asked what advice he had for Americans facing the prospect of $4 a gallon gasoline, which probably in California has already come to pass. Sure. As, as, uh, as I noted a couple of weeks ago, that Bush deserved a brain damage award because, indeed, in, in the fall, back when oil was trading at $81 a barrel, there was $4 a gallon of gas right. in California. But here he is in February saying, wait, quote, wait, what did you just say? You're predicting $4 a gallon gasoline? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that. We gave him a brain damage at the time, and he gets another one. It's a repeat because it's just that incredibly stupid. He probably doesn't know what the price of milk is either, but he certainly knows uh, how uh, effectively some of his friends in the um, contracting, the private contracting uh, corporations closely connected to the Republican Party are making out on this war. By the way, there are 167,000 of them in Iraq. Well, this is part of that out-the-door pricing that we're talking about. Out-the-door pricing. Into, <laughs> Everything must go. Into your pockets, and we can only hope that Dick Cheney, uh, the next time he you know, pulls a surprise a visit to the region, takes a shower in one of those Halliburton units. And then, of course, perhaps America can start exporting U.S. drinking water uh, to Iraq, uh, and then the Iraqis will get decent dosage of pharmaceuticals. It <laughs> 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 was found, of course, in widespread uh, in American uh, drinking water as a result of um, prescriptions <laughs> entering the water supply via humans. Some of this uh, material is well, flushed could, down the toilet. Yeah. You can be sure that that stuff never made it to Iraqi water because of the uh, sanctions that have been maintained on uh, even medicines for uh, for so many years uh, since the first Iraq war. And, of course, speaking of those pharmaceuticals, if you um, get an erection that lasts more than four hours, either see a doctor or become a doctor. Or you might just want to give Henry Kissinger a call because he is concerned about the impotence of Western power. Of course, uh, the dosages of these pharmaceuticals and drinking water are <laughs> not full strength, so the four-hour problem may not beleaguer you, but uh, if it does, take it from the experts down here on Gray Matters, 
see a doctor or become one. (laughs) Then you'll be in in good company with Henry Kissinger. It's always a laugh with Henry. Because he is a doctor. (laughs) That's right. And he plays one on TV. PhD doctor, that is. Well, uh, well, what did you? Uh, let's just change the subject yeah. to something a little lighter. Uh, what did you think of the Obama speech? Well, you know, I've only read about it, right? And so it, it, people are celebrating it. I've heard some people say that this could become, you know, fifteen, twenty years from now, a speech that people look back on as a sort of a hallmark moment in American oratory of the twenty-first century. Um, that's pretty impressive. I, I did hear snippets of it, and uh, I think the calmness yeah. of the presentation is what's most impressive here. Um, well, that's one of Obama's great strengths as a leader. Um, you know, he's obviously got some problems here and there, but what struck me is about him, pers- his, pers- his personality, is that he's really cool. He's not, you know, he's a smooth kind of cool, not... Um, a fiery orator. He's the, he's the, the kind of orator like Mario Cuomo. You know, Mario Cuomo was a superb, Indeed. calm orator who uh, spoke very persuasively on a variety of relevant issues. And obviously Obama was forced into making this speech, but I think uh, he really needs to move on because I hate to say this, I, it, it's just a radioactive issue uh, that is always... Uh, Unfortunately, going to have much more heat than light, and I don't think the good Lord Almighty himself could solve race relations uh, in America, either with a sermon, a lightning bolt, or Bush's favorite, a prayer. (laughs) Bush insisted, by the way, today on this this benchmark of 4,000 American dead that Americans are praying for all of the fallen. Um, I'm not too sure that they are. <laughs> Some are. Uh, but a lot of us are uh, not praying. Well, uh, we're demanding action, and of course it's not happening. And the intention behind those prayers, is, you know, sure, plenty of people are praying for the souls of these wasted lives yeah. and the families uh, and shattered uh, you know, futures for loved ones that are left behind, certainly that's, you know, fit subject matter to pray over. Not that prayer will do anything. That's the ultimate thing about it's good for politicians to say, let's pray, we're praying. Um, but that's just sort of a, a, a tidy wipe up after the fact. You cannot petition the, the Lord, Lord with, with prayer. prayer. Uh, Jim Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of other... It's not going to change the plan. Morons in our midst. Uh, John McCain trotting around the Middle East with uh, Joe Lieberman <laughs> as his uh, sidekick, whispering sweet nothings into his ear when he gets confused about the entire Middle East. This guy's running for president. And he's making bald-faced, moronic statements about al-Qaeda being trained by Iran. Uh, uh, oh, oh, Joe's telling me it's extremists, not al-Qaeda. <laughs> this is remarkable stuff. Um, scary. And I don't know whether it's a senior moment or a 
deliberate George Bush conflating all these terrorists for why we need to stay in the region for 100 years. John McCain wants us to stay there. And it's becoming increasingly clear, by the way, that, that the quagmire that we're in the, involved in the Middle East is, and, the, and the greater region of Afghanistan is very similar to why we kept staying in Vietnam. You know, it, it, the rationales kept changing. And at one point, uh, Nixon began to argue the phrase peace with honor. And then the big issue became the MIAs. We had to stay... <laughs> in Vietnam because of the MIAs, whose numbers, of course, kept going up the longer we stayed in Indochina. So, you know, there's a kind of a circular logic that keeps cropping up. And I keep wondering how or why George Bush thought on May 1st, 2003, that major combat operations are over, and we and the Allies have prevailed. Why, surely it must have been because the statue of Saddam Hussein got bent down by the Marines. <laughs> by the Marines with about 16 Iraqis looking on. Yeah. It's remarkable stuff. Well, uh, and this idea of uh, the legacy of shame that, of course, the Vietnam complex that Reagan talked about so much that, oh, it was we were disgraced. We were impotent, mm -hmm. Western power. Um it has played out. It's happening all over again. There's recent polls and surveys, growing hostility in Europe towards the U.S. Um, it's 46% uh, of Europeans perceive uh, the U.S. to be a negative influence in the world and higher on the threat list than Iran or North Korea. Um, a British uh, military historian has uh, said here that uh, the U.S. has lost a lot of ground credibility-wise in other parts of the world, certainly in Asia and Latin America, both of which are as important, if not more so, than the Middle East. And it's probably going to take more than a shift in political party of the next president to uh, restore the reputation and the prestige of America. Uh, of course, Henry Kissinger's language, I mean, after he talks about the impotence of Western power, he goes on to talk about uh, the uh, diminished ability of Western nations to shape events around the world. Well, of course, that's the worldview of the corporate elite is we must control the world yes. to shape the world uh, for our own ideological and profit purposes. And it's everybody has figured it out now. This is not a covert situation anymore. It's all very clear and open and obvious. And Europe and much of the informed world sees it for what it is. And indeed, Frank Rich in his Sunday column, uh, highly recommended once again, entitled The Republican Resurrection, uh, which talks more about the internecine battles between Clinton and Obama about trivial issues uh, rather than substantive issues, notes uh, at the end of his column, he writes, our troops have already piled up more than enough honor in their five years of serving under horrific circumstances. Meanwhile, as al-Qaeda proliferates in Afghanistan and Pakistan, um, by the way, they're not that ubiquitous in Iraq. Uh, they never have been, uh, in case John McCain or George Bush needs some 
advice or expertise on the matter. Rich writes, Meanwhile, as al-Qaeda proliferates in Afghanistan and Pakistan, a survey by Foreign Policy magazine of 3,400 active and retired American officers finds that 88% believe that the Iraq war has, quote, stretched the U.S. military dangerously thin. Um, that is part of George Bush's legacy regarding the war that uh, he thinks, unfortunately, is honorable and that history will vindicate that it was, quote, the right decision. No holds barred, no qualms, no doubts, and that he sought advice from a higher power uh, rather than talking to Papa, <laughs> who may have counseled him uh, differently. We'll never know. Well, it's uh, certainly a train wreck now. Um, it'll be, as we uh, wind towards the end of the program, a little disorienting because Jerry's a little early tonight. He's here. So, <laughs> uh, momentary uh, disorientation for me. Um, but it'll be interesting to see whether this uh, increasing uh, call for Olympic boycotts uh, should continue if, if uh, further unrest in Tibet, uh, regardless of the Dalai Lama's offer to resign uh, in insistence on uh, the fact that he has nothing to do with the, uh, the turmoil, with uh, triggering riots or sure. uh, certainly protests. But uh, the Dalai Lama has never officially called for full independence of Tibet, simply autonomy, which, of course, uh, some Tibetans disagree with. But it's interesting that China has denounced he and his Dalai clique <laughs> as uh, troublemakers and uh, no goodniks. And the Dalai Lama, a very interesting, articulate, funny man, of course, is coming to Ann Arbor mm -hmm. in the near future. And it'll be interesting to uh, see what he has to say about the matter. He is against a boycott of the Olympics, but there's an increasing cry for uh, just that amongst some European countries. Yeah, I, I think that the Tibet issue is is more complicated than some in the Amer uh, Western or American media uh, wish to portray it. It's another, by the way, classic example of <laughs> the problems that British imperialism bestowed on the world. Indeed. Because the entire negotiations about the situation with Tibet were left somewhat vague back uh, early uh, in the 20th century. And... Uh, I would urge all people, objectively speaking, to read more on the subject and not just accept Richard Gere's uh, political expertise uh, on Tibet. Read more, and I think you will discover that there is indeed quite a bit of ambiguity about it. Also, these riots, of course, you know, who started them and right, why. Right, it's difficult to tell. You know that there is an element of trying to embarrass China in the, the year of the Olympics. I would actually urge countries to not boycott the Olympics on the grounds of what's going on in Tibet. I think that's uh, not what the Olympics are about. But then I disagree with some on that subject. And, of course, we always have the bizarre items Indeed. from the news. So we'll read this one as uh, Jerry Mack prepares us for Yazoo City Calling. Coming up shortly here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor.
courtesy of the uh, Associated Press. Uh, last week we gave you <laughs> the interesting story <laughs> of Mr. Whipple. Maybe the uh, bizarro story of the decade. <laughs> and the woman that was uh, sitting on a toilet in Wichita, Kansas for so long. That Two years. Her skin... <laughs> Her skin had grown around the seat itself, and a crowbar was necessary. <laughs> Don't squeeze the Charmin. And how funny that there apparently was a Charmin event <laughs> in Manhattan last week in honor of Mr. Whipple. <laughs> but anyway, this long is... Long-time commercial spokesman. Yeah, long-time long commercial spokesman. This from Newport Beach. It says, a man who was found with a woman's body packed in dry ice in his hotel room, told a newspaper that her death may have been connected to religion. Quote, everything that happens was for religious reasons. reasons. David, uh, Stephen David Royds told the Orin County Register. Royds spoke to the newspaper in a brief interview. Detectives found the body of Monique Felicia Trapp, 33, fully clothed inside a large Rubbermaid container late Thursday after arresting Royds at the Fairmount Newport Beach for investigation. Uh, for investigation of selling and possessing cocaine, an autopsy of Trapp was inconclusive, but her death did not appear to be a homicide. Authorities were awaiting a toxicology to report uh, to uh, a toxicology report to determine the cause of death. Along with Trepp's body, police found porch swings, night uh, vision goggles, toy night vision goggles, a large sake bottle with lamp sockets stuffed into their spouts in the room of Stephen David Royds. Uh, Royds was booked in... Uh, Orange County, uh, Santa Ana, where he was denied bail because of possible probation violations. So uh, you kind of wonder what was going on <laughs> over there in California, over there on the left coast with dry ice and lamp sockets and sake bottles. But, but it's a good excuse, though, for George swings. Bush. It, everything was for religion. <laughs> it's all about religion. It's all about religion. And, uh, uh, by the way, a new scandal seems to be emerging with in the housing... Uh, um, Urban Development Department uh, under the Bush administration. It seems that Alfonso R. Jackson, who's currently the secretary, seems to have, quote, steered government contracts to friends in New Orleans and the Virgin Islands um, and all sorts of other places. And uh, the White House um, said, quote, the president continues to have confidence in Secretary Jackson, despite the fact that two leading Democratic senators involved with the uh, Housing and Urban Development uh, Department oversight have called for his resignation due to these conflicts. So we'll uh, stay tuned to that one. Another case of heck of a job, Brownie, perhaps. Uh, thanks to uh, Andrew King uh, for engineering and uh, Alex for scrutinizing. And I uh, will turn it over to Jerry Mack, although I have pulled up a Mr. Whipple Charmin commercial on YouTube here. But I can't play the computer from here, I don't think. So we'll have to. I don't really know what channel the, the computer over here is on. But uh, let's, we can have it a go. Thank you. Charmin, don't squeeze it with soft. It's 
comfortable. I only squeeze Charmin. It's got a squeezable softness that's rich and fluffy. Fluffy, Please, don't squeeze the Charmin. Why don't you squeeze the animals instead? Why don't you do it, Bob? I 